You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name is Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good. What have you been up to this week? Okay, so I found a new thing to binge watch while I retouch photos. (laughs) (laughs) I've been I've been hooked into um, uh, talent shows, uh, especially kind of singing talent? ones, and I think I found like UK X Factor auditions. Okay, and on YouTube, and like so last night I I, yeah, I listened to about like thirty of them, and I got hooked in. Now I have to find the show and find oh. out what happens. Why? <laughs> why is this remotely interesting? I don't know why. Because, like, you know, I've been listening to TED Talks and yeah. really intelligent stuff, and I thought I was going really well, but now I've gone back to, like, you know, that sort of thing. I just Maybe I just need to be entertained. I've been crying through them. <laughs> it's just they're very emotional. Yeah, sometimes you, know? you just need that sort of thing, I suppose. <laughs> I, I went to the Sydney Town Hall um, recently to listen to Matthew Weiner speak, and he's the creator of Mad Men, oh, which awesome. is you know an incredible show with incredible looks. And uh, one of the things he said is that um, sometimes some people want sophisticated culture and sophisticated art, and some sorry, he said some people want to see sophisticated culture and sophisticated art. Some people just want to see shit blown up. And it's just so true. Sometimes you just need one and sometimes you just need the other. It's like so, fast food, isn't it? Like sometimes you want a really good meal and you eat clean and other times you just want junk. Yeah, Like absolutely. Nutella. This was my Nutella but in, 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 in viewing. So apart from that, (laughs) um, you've been busy retouching and watching reality or singing show auditions, but I'm keen to get onto this week's topic, which is all about lens choice and the best portrait lenses for beginners, enthusiasts, and pros. And Mm. this can be so confusing for people because, you know, sometimes you get your SLR, whether it's your entry level or the next one, and it comes with the kit lens. It comes with a lens usually and that may or may not be the best lens for you depending on what you um you know what your goals are and it can be quite confusing to know what kind of lens to get next because you get so many different pieces of conflicting advice you have to understand things like crop sensors and all of that sort of thing so i'm really keen to get into this discussion and to see how you demystify it but before we get onto that i understand you have some links for us I do. So um, before I started watching uh, music shows, 
I've stumbled across and I've seen um, this photographer's work before, but uh, it's the work of uh, a Chinese photographer by the name of Fan Ho. And he photographed uh, Hong Kong in the 50s and 60s. I, my God, it, his work is so beautiful. It's really gritty and black and white and just the use of light. It's, I'm so inspired by this work. So I just wanted to share it um, with everyone today. Just like I just – it's beautiful and it's just like everyday life going on but just the way he uses light is absolutely oh, yeah. stunning. It makes you want to go to Hong Kong. Absolutely, um, and we'll put the link in the show notes, but you have to go and look at these images. They are truly they're aren't like, they beautiful? It's, they're, they're beautiful. The light is, that's exactly right. The way he uses light is so yep. clever. Yes. So clever, not only in the way he uses it from a lighting point of view, but in some of them it's um, he's, he's specifically used shadows and angles as yep. cast by the light to be integral parts of um, these shots. They're they're gorgeous. They're cinematic, aren't they? They are Valerie? absolutely aren't they? cinematic. And and it's just like he he will have uh, a figure in the shot completely dwarfed. They might be like you know five percent of the image. And ah, oh, I'm just it's in true. awe. I, so brilliant. as soon as Truly now brilliant. I'm um, following him on Facebook. He's still still alive. Amazing, incredible wow. guy. Just just stunning, inspiring. All right, we have a photo critique this week. Mike Hickman Jr. has sent in a shot, and it's a great shot. And he has mentioned that is it's of someone he knows called Sarah, and uh, he was asked if he could take a photographer, uh, not a photographer, a photograph of her for her you know webpage profile photo. And you like not like most women, she has a few image concerns as we all do, and uh, but he's taken some great shots here. He, don't you think, Gina? He's done a great job here. And he talks about how that it was uh, like a bit uh, bright on the day and uh, Sarah was struggling with squinting. So what he did was he uh, he got her to uh, close her eyes and counted her in and then snap and he got the shot, which like he was really happy about. And what I love about these shots, Val, is, is he's taken the time to uh, really finesse her body. And so he's not just shot her... Uh, uh, square on mm. uh, so he's got the the shoulders at a three-quarter angle and then he's brought her face around at three-quarter and then the other thing that he did that he also talks about that he loved is he got her to uh, push her head forward and mm. chin down which uh, makes her look uh, confident and the other thing he's done is he's also shot from slightly above as well yes. just to, to, which is also uh, another flattering angle and the thing I love that he's done is he's used the, his uh, uh, 70 to 200 at 200 so he's mm. got a beautiful bokeh going on in the background that's where the background is completely out of focus so it I'm not sure where this is shot. It doesn't matter. It just makes an interesting uh, background choice. You can shoot anywhere when you've got the long lens like that wide open at 2.8. So he's focused on the eyes. Everything is thrown out of focus. So uh, I think in terms of the setup and uh, the whole look of the shot, he's also done a great job. He's he's used a, a grey card in the shot to, yeah. to take a reading for his post-production and he's done a click balance and he's shown me the before and after. Yeah. And just um, 
I, I would j just for my personal like Mike, I would probably just cool it down a little bit. I just think it's a a titch warm uh, for my liking. But then then again, that's that's a personal thing. Uh, and and then the other things he's also done to the shot is he's uh, he's done a little bit of uh, skin softening. Uh, he's darkened the skin uh, and, and the lips a little bit, uh, which is great. I think the actual treatment of the shot is great. The other thing he's done uh, is uh, just brighten the teeth and the eyes up a little bit, and I and and, and he's just done that as an overall um, uh, brightening, uh, increase the um, exposure on those. I think it it it, it probably uh, again a, a teach much because I can tell you've done it. So I think with the the secret with retouching is it needs to look like you haven't done it. It's like that that was uh, always always there in the first place. So I think another technique you might want to try with teeth is you go into Photoshop, you go to Image, Adjust, and then that, like so you select the area of the teeth, then you go Image, Adjust, Selective Color, select Yellow as the colour and then reduce the yellow slider back and that will in the teeth just remove any of the yellow tint from the teeth mm. and give you a much more natural looking um, teeth adjustment for that. And I would say that with the eyes, I don't think it's too much with the eyes, but with the no, teeth. No, no, they look fine. Yeah, but with the teeth, it was just that only the tiniest It's not over. a lot. It's no. not a lot over. And it's like it might be that he's told us or that we've got the before and after too. Yeah. That doesn't help, does it? But I, I just think just like a, a teach less and I, I think to give, give, the, um, give the selective colour one a go, I, I find that works really well. But overall, I think you've done a terrific job with this. It's Brilliant like well job. done, real well done. Really good. I particularly like the pose. The pose yeah. is uh, perfect. Spot on. Spot, Spot on. on. Okay. Thank you so much for sending that in, Mick. Um, for those of you who uh, would like us to critique um, uh, and – Oh, I should actually say thank you for sending that in, Mike. Apologies. And for those of you who would like to send in a photo for us to critique, for Gina to critique in particular, please do send it to news at ginamilitia.com and we will do that on the show. But let us move on to the topic of the day, which is lenses. Oh, yes. seriously. Like, you know, it's it's – it's a tough one because it can be really confusing. I, I've got lots of questions, but I don't even know where to start, to be honest. So maybe you can kick off where in the world do we start when it comes to have we got the right lens should, and what's the next lens we should be thinking of? All right, so today I want to cover what's the difference between the kit and a big boy lens. A big boy lens is like the, 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 the you, you more serious kind of lens. Okay. And then I also want to talk about a load of crop today, Val. A load of crop? <laughs> yes, right. a load okay. of crop. So how lens size is affected by crop sensors on the cameras and what's the difference between uh, a crop sensor and a full-size sensor. Uh, and then I want to talk about the difference between using zoom lenses versus prime mm -hmm. and uh, shooting wide versus shooting long and the ideal upgrade from kit lens. What are the best ways to upgrade? Okay, so I know that there are professional photographers who are listening to this podcast who know every single term you've just said, but there are also some newbies. So I'm going to ask you to define each of them as we go along. Sure. But sure. Okay, so hit it. <laughs> Where do we start? All right, so uh, before any of this gets said, I need to just emphasize the fact that buying 
a great lens is not going to make you a better photographer. <laughs> all right. And so people get hung up on it's all the gear. It's the gear. It's not the gear. You can take great shots on your entry level camera with your kit lens. Uh, people have been published. I was published on my using my entry level Nikon with a uh, a lens that was described by the man in the shop that I tried to trade it in for as a paperweight. Okay, <laughs> okay. and I got a, a few years use out of it. Was published and uh, got paid gigs using that camera. So it's got nothing to do with the lens. What it is going to do though. Is help you get a better quality in terms of the quality of the file mm. of course it's going to be better so that's what we're looking at so let's not get hung up on like you have to have all of this but it's something that you can look towards and there will come a time when you want need to upgrade all right so yep. let's talk about the difference between uh, a kit lens and uh, the big boy lens so when you get uh, your new uh, SLR camera it'll come with uh, what's called as a kit lens it comes with a particular lens lens uh, it'll be like either a 18 to 35 millimeter yes. at a 3.5 to 5.6 aperture or you might get a slightly longer one 18 to 135 or 18 to 105 yep. um, uh, like a, a longer version of that and so what it is is they're they're mass produced uh, they're, they're they're a light slightly plasticky lens and and uh, they make them uh, cheaply so that people can use them and put them on their entry-level cameras and so um, a lot of people poo-poo them as not very good uh, I'm going to say it's not the case I actually did a blog post recently Val where I I got my son's uh, uh, entry-level I think it's a thousand D with his kit lens lens mm -hmm. and I did the same shoot as I did on my you know $7,000 camera with my $2,500 lens mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and I put the two images side by side and then I started asking people which one was shot on a kit lens which one was mm -hmm. shot on the big you can't tell the difference online mm -hmm. You cannot tell the difference. The only time you can tell the difference is when you blow it up and try and put it on a billboard yes. and then you're going to have issues, okay? Or zoom right in on the eye and you're going to see the difference. But mm. like, so for your first camera, it, it, it's perfectly fine. Um, they're, they're pretty good. Like, I was actually blown away with how good this kit lens was. So, you know, they're great. They can be sharp and... Um, and they can actually focus uh, fairly close, okay? So um, the cons of having that sort of lens is your what focal kind of lens? length. What the, the kit lens? The, the kit lens, the yeah, yeah. So, so the things that you might not like is mm -hmm. like that 18 millimetres is not wide enough, okay? Because, okay, so here's where we have to talk about um, – the crop factor, All right. the whole load of crop. Okay, so a whole load of crop. Whole load of crop. You just wanted, you waited all week to say that. I have. <laughs> All right, what is crop factor then? Okay, so what happens is when um, they make uh, the different cameras, the, the the actual sensor, the part that 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 takes the photo, they're at different sizes. So, like if you've got like a camera phone, the camera sensor on that's going to be the size of a Tic Tac. Right. Okay. On a on a compact camera, like those little point and shoots, the camera sensor is the size of an M and M. I think you need to define camera sensor. So it's the camera sensor is the 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 actual the 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 do you know where the film used to be in a 35mm camera? Yes. 
So when you open it up and you take the lens off and you look in and you've got that little square thing inside the camera, mm -hmm. a rectangle, that's the camera sensor. That's what's recording all the information okay. when you're taking the photo. So it's there instead of film. It's a right. camera sensor. Yeah. Okay. So they come in all different sizes. So you've got very small on a camera phone and they'll be like, you know, they'll say that on that sensor it'll be 8 meg or 6 meg or, you know, 4 meg. A compact camera is going to be the size of an M&M. An entry-level SLR is going to be the size of a postage stamp, all right, and then the um, pro level will be the size of a 35 mil film strip, which is, that is the full size. That is a full size 35. So what happens is this crop factor, the fact that the sensor is smaller, actually then affects the, the lenses that you use and how much of the area that they're actually seeing. So what happens is if you've got a full size frame on your camera and your lens is an 18 mil, which is should be really wide, on a crop factor, so the entry levels might be uh, one and a half times smaller or 1.6 times smaller, it's going to make that lens 27 mils or 28 mil. It's going to make it a longer lens. Right. Okay. So... This is hard to get your head around. So what I've done is I've done a little uh, diagram for us in the show notes and you okay. can see the difference. So like if you can have a look at the, the shot there I've done of uh, Lockie Hume, I've drawn in the different um, sensor sizes and how much of the frame they will show you. Mm. Okay, so, so you can see that the full size sensor you get the uh, the full head and shoulders if you're taking a portrait of someone, okay? with If it was uh, one and a half times, you're only going to get the face mm. in, okay? So it's, it, it crops and yes. it makes the lenses longer than they really are. So these are the things you need to factor in are you when you're thinking about... Are you saying that despite what you see in the viewfinder, it's actually going to crop it? No, so I could stand. So if if I held my, um, if I put say a, a fifty mil lens on my full size camera, yep, Valerie, and you stood next to me with your entry level camera, yep. with a one point six, uh, like a a, a a sensor that's uh, a crop factor, yep. right? Yep. You stood next to me with the same fifty mil lens, yes. right? You're going to see. Uh, you're going to crop in a lot more than right. I am. So I'm going to get maybe head and shoulders. Yep. You're going to get like into the head and under the chin. Yep, got it. So your lens is going to appear longer. Got right? it. Now, most people get this confused with focal length and it's different. It's actually, it changes the reach. It just means that you're um, seeing less of the frame. So with that camera, you would need to step back a step, Val, to get mm. the full head and shoulders in. Yeah, got it. So what happens is when you're considering the kind of lens that you want to buy for your crop factor camera, you want to take that into account. So if you're going to buy a really long lens, it's going to be even longer on mm. a crop factor sensor, okay? Mm. Not on on a on a yeah a crop sensor. It's going to be longer, so you need to think about that. So suddenly, a thirty-five mil becomes fifty, a fifty mil becomes seventy-five, 
Yeah. And 85 mil becomes 127, 100. So I did math, Val. I've done a little <laughs> diagram. I got the cal- I actually got the calculator out and did the math for everyone. Okay. Which is right. I just want you to appreciate I, that. We will put that in the sh- <laughs> we'll put this table in the show notes, everyone. Gina does math. Uh, and this is, mil you, should take it, you should take it with you if you're going to buy lenses and understand what your crop factor is and make sure yeah. that you have this table so that you're buying the appropriate size lens. Yeah, so that's how it affects it. So what happens is on your kit lens, 18 to 35, mm. which should be really wide and wide enough to do great like architecture shots, mm. suddenly that 18 becomes 27 which is not quite wide enough to get a great wide angle shot yep. it's suddenly it's almost like a standard lens yeah all right so, so you're understanding the whole crop factor thing yes. does that make sense and and really guys if you go to the show notes it's like it just makes sense because you see because i've then i've done diagrams too val with okay, colors well done. <laughs> so i got my crayons out and had my tongue sticking out to the side while i was doing the math you know all right like the people who used to cut, you know, when people, some people cut, their mouth goes open when the scissors go yes. up and down. Yeah. yeah we appreciate <laughs> the effort, Gina. <laughs> so a few of the other cons of like, so, and then, you know, the 55 on a, on a, a kit lens is not quite long enough for doing street photography. So, cause if you want to do like, you want to be discreet when you're doing street photography, 55, you're quite a way back. And if you want to get nice portraits of people, you've got to be actually up right up in their face yeah. and in their personal space which doesn't make for a discreet photo really no. uh, the other thing the other downside of these kit lenses is the autofocus can be a bit slow clunky and noisy sometimes mm. all right and then the other uh, disadvantage and this is probably the main reason why people will um, go up to a better lens is the aperture that they're a slow lens they're usually yes. about 3.5 or 5.6 this is probably the main reason why you upgraded Val? absolutely yes definitely uh, I can't remember what lens I had but I think it was 5.6 and so yeah. it wasn't going to go um, any lower so I had I went yeah, thanks to your advice I bought yeah. a new lens yeah, so the, 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 like having an aperture of 5.6 at wide open is not going to be great for when you're in low light situations and it's also going to be really hard to throw the background out of focus. You want to be able yes. to shoot on a wide aperture. So if you want those beautiful blurry backgrounds, you want to be starting to consider uh, getting uh, up, upgrading the lens. Yes, absolutely. All right, so that's the main difference between the kit and I call them big boy lenses. And I would just big like girl. to say that it was the that was the um, it was such a good decision to get that lens because I just couldn't achieve what I wanted really in terms of the depth of field to get the blurry backgrounds to get the kind of shots I wanted, and this lens made it possible. Yeah, it's it's frustrating when you know in your head how mm. you want the shot and you think it's you for a long time. Mm. You think it's like the photographer blames themselves. It's like I can't get the shots that I see uh, in blog posts and online and all of that. But it could be that like you're restricted by what your lens can do for yep. you. Yeah. All right. So next, Val, I want to talk about the difference between zoom lenses and prime lenses. Okay. What's What's the difference? What's a prime lens? 
So um, I uh, had my love affair with uh, zoom lenses started in the 80s really? when I started shooting. <laughs> yeah, and I had um, I had a, like a, a Nikon and uh, my brother's I stole my brother's Nikon. Yes. I borrowed it and I never gave it back basically. Okay. And he had a uh, Sigma zoom lens oh, yes. that he bought for it. Now Sigma today, 25 years later, is a really great brand. Great brand. They make amazing lenses in the 80s not so much okay so 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 back in the day Val like yeah. zoom lens it was actually code for paperweight okay. or doorstop because <laughs> probably had like similar optical quality to like you know um cling wrap yeah. or um sunglasses that they, they, they were like not sharp like okay. soft soft lenses so um, zoom lenses were for amateurs mm-hmm. and pros use prime. Okay. So, um, then I met, I got like introduced to a Canon, uh, 70 to 200 okay. and it changed my world, Val. Okay. It was like, oh my God, the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So suddenly the shots were like super, super sharp and I could get everything that I wanted in one lens. So from then on, I was like actually hooked. So, you know, the pros of using um, zoom lenses is like I love using them when I'm doing portraits because it's like I can set up my shot and you know how I love to work on tripod. Yes. So I have someone on set and then I'll set back, set my tripod back to where I can be at, I can shoot them at full length mm-hmm. and then I can actually just zoom in and get three quarter and then like a headshot from one spot. I don't need to move, mm. which is great for the way I like to shoot. I, I just think it's really handy. The other thing is uh, I'm not – the thing that I don't like about shooting wide is, uh, first of all, how it makes people's faces look. I think it distorts the faces too much. But the thing that the beauty of a zoom lens and a longer lens is that I'm not in people's personal space. Yeah. All right, so I can get back a bit and I'm a comfortable distance and I can direct nicely and if I want to, like I can be at a distance where I'm shooting comfortably a three-quarter shot but then I can do a really tight headshot without them feeling like I'm doing a headshot. It's kind of nice if they don't know how tight I'm cropping and it's like I'm not afraid of the, you know, because I've seen photographers work with like wider angle and 50 mil and they're actually right up on top of them. Yeah, yeah. And and if you're a new photographer, this is something that's um, hard to do. You're you're encroaching on someone's personal space and from the model's perspective, it's intimidating and especially uh, like if you're working with uh, children as well, the long lens and pets is great because you can stand back and get great candid shots and also for streets street shots as well and doing couples perfect long lens you can Mm. be way back and you can just like capture the moment they can be you know lovey-dovey and you don't feel like you're in their personal space yeah because people often think that to take portrait shots you need to be close up and you need to be there with the with a with a you know a a lens that enable you to do that but actually the opposite is more true. I think you're better off being being right, right, right back. Yeah. So my preferred uh, focal lens is I, I, I like to work between 100 and 200. And like the, the, the thing that I love most about the 200 men, and it's, I'm going to actually uh, do uh, a newsletter and a blog post all about this so that everyone can see the compression factor, but the facial features get compressed 
on a longer lens. And so I think it's by far the most flattering portrait lenses are the longer lenses. What do you mean by compressed? So what happens is like, do you want to know the way we look naturally is probably a 50 mil lens. Okay, so that's what you really look like. So when Jan, Jan, Jan gets around a lot, Jan also works in <laughs> the passport office. Oh. Jan from accounts works in the passport office. Mm-hmm. And when you get your driver's license taken, you know how they're not always beautiful shots. No. <laughs> that's what you really look like. That's why we don't like It's like an accurate rendition of people's faces. That's why I'm like, I'm never happy. So what happens is um, the longer the lens you shoot, it actually compresses the features slightly. So when you're shooting wide, it'll spread the features out a little bit. And the longer the, the lens choice you get, it starts to compress and it's actually a very, very flattering lens. Okay. All right. So this is best seen as a visual demonstration and coming up, look out for it on my newsletter. There'll be one and I'll also do a blog post on it so everyone can see it as well. Okay. Don't use me as the model. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you really look like, Valerie. <laughs> I don't want to know. Okay, go on. Okay, so the downside of uh, using the zoom lens are they're actually heavier than normal lenses and um, the long zoom lenses are not great for if you're constantly working in confined spaces. Got small rooms, they're just like they're, they're just not going to work. The other thing about them is they're conspicuous. Like you know, nothing says professional <laughs> photographer more than you know whacking a big long lens onto the end of the camera. It's like here I am. Yes. So so um, if you want to get around and not be seen or noticed, perhaps a shorter lens is better than that. The other thing that uh, people uh, don't know about zoom lenses is that like that whole zooming in and out action actually sucks a lot more dust onto your sensor. Mm. Yeah, okay. so so you, 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 I find that my sensor gets a lot dirtier uh, mm. because I use uh, the zoom lenses. And uh, the final downside is they're a lot more expensive because you've got the zoom. So basically you've got like three or three lenses in one if you can get all the different uh, focal lengths. All right. Uh, you know, is another downside to having uh, the, the zoom lenses. All right, so now let's move on to prime lenses because I still need you to define what they are. So a prime lens is just like a single lens measurement. So you might have a 35, a 50, an 85, a 105, a 100 millimeter, okay? So it's one fixed focal length. Got it. It won't zoom in and out. And so to actually use a prime lens, so if you want to take, if you're using your um, 50 millimeter and you want to do a full body shot of me, you're going to have to uh, automate yourself, move back. (laughs) Move back. Right? To take the shot and if you want to take a headshot you're going to have to walk forward so people don't like that but that's the main difference but I have to say that I think uh, if you're learning the art of photography using a prime lens is a really good way to start because it teaches you about framing and you get the hang of like one lens so I would start with a prime lens as the first step up from the kit lens and really teach yourself about framing and um, and, and using it proper properly yeah, because too often people just shoot and then they go, I'll frame it when I crop it. No, no, you should be framing, should try and frame a yeah. camera as much as you can and think exactly. about like fill the frame and, and because it also changes the look and feel of the shot when you crop 
after the fact. So try and crop as much as you can in camera and use as much of that sensor space as possible because if you're cropping half the frame, you're losing half that information. Yeah. You're going to have a much grainier and uh, yeah. less uh, appealing image because exactly. of that. So it's well worth tr learning how to do that. So prime lenses are actually sharper than zoom lenses mm -hmm. and they're actually faster cheaper and lighter so they've got a lot of a lot of advantages over the zoom so a really good uh good start to have as your very first uh step up from the kit lens mm -hmm. good big boy lens good big boy lens <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> what's next so next I want to talk about uh, how size matters and, and, and shooting uh, – it does. Okay. <laughs> shooting wide yes. as opposed to long. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which is better, so wide or long? <laughs> well, what do you prefer, Val? <laughs> I'm more interested in, you know, the thoughts of an expert. You, you tell me. <laughs> okay, so um, if I'm planning on shooting uh, a lot of uh, portraits, I think a long lens is much better for shooting portraits because it just makes people look better, all right? And the flexibility. So w when you're thinking about whether you want to be wide, long, what sort of lens you want to get, think about the style of photography you're going to be doing most of, okay? So if it's lots of portraits and fashion and headshots, really think about using uh, long fixed focal lens or zoom lenses, mm -hmm. okay? If you're uh, doing things like events, weddings, mm -hmm. then I think that you want something that's – you need a wide lens but you also need uh, long lenses and somewhere in between. So I think Zoom works really well if you're looking in that market. It's going to really suit your style and yeah. maybe a, 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 a sort of a, a shorter prime lens as well. Yep. If you're a landscape photographer and you want to do lots of, you know, scenery landscape shots, then you really want to be looking at the wider lenses. Okay. Like 18 and to 35. 18, yeah, yeah, that, that sort of uh, 14 even some people. Um, and then fisheye if you want to go really kooky. <laughs> uh, but that's mostly what, what – you get those beautiful sweeping broad shots. Mm. Uh, that, that's what the lens and, – and finally, if you just want to do a lot of uh, food mm. or products – I would consider having a – I think it's a must, actually, that you have a macro lens in your kit. Yes. Right, so a macro lens is a lens that's going to focus at a really close uh, distance to, to, to the thing that you're photographing. So mm. there's some really good 100-millimeter uh, uh, prime macro lenses that you can buy for that. So if that's what you want to do, then that's probably uh, the kind of uh, lens that you should have in your kit. And I must admit, I've never really spent time with a macro lens or, you know, playing with a macro lens. Great fun. Mm, 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 mm. All Great right. Great fun. Okay, good. So that's um, what's next? All right. So the ideal upgrade, what are the best lenses if you're going from, so your kit lens, mm. what should be the first lens that you buy and what should be something sort of a good idea to put together? Okay. These, all right. So I think uh, the first lens, and uh, have you got one of these, Val? Have you got a 50 mil prime lens yet? Uh, no, I don't. I don't actually. Right. 
Uh, I reckon this should be your next purchase. I think you would uh, really enjoy it and I think it would come in really handy for the sort of stuff that you do. The 50 mil, they're about $120. They're not expensive. You can get at a 1.8 millimetre and I think we did a, a review last episode uh, of some of shooting Wilde's work in Paris, those portraits, yes. they were all shot on, on a 50 mil, the 1.8 50 mil. So perfect uh, for portrait photography. Yes. So on a crop sensor, a 50 mil actually becomes 75 mil or 80 mil on a 1.6. So 75 right. on a point. So it's like it's close to an 85, which is my favourite portrait lens. Right. It's a great great lens so 50 mil perfect for that sort of stuff so I think that would be uh, an ideal lens if you're sort of wanting to uh, get something a little bit faster and spend a little bit more money then you can actually get the 1.4 so you've got another stop uh, 300 to 500 dollars and if you want a really fast uh, 50 mil lens and the 1.2 $1,500. Okay, about that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So so the difference is in the make. They're slightly heavier, the, the Pro 1, the glass, the quality of the glass and the coating that they use, that's the difference. But starting out, 1.8, great lens, good fun. You can throw, just gets rid of everything in the background really well. Mm. Okay. So really, really good. I'll have to consider that one. Uh, the next one, I think you'd love this lens, Val. You'd, you'd really love it. So the next one you want to consider, if um, if you're uh, like love doing street shots, yep. then I would consider getting a 35mm uh, prime lens and they're about 600 to $800, but they're perfect. And then that's like 35mm, uh, it's probably equivalent to what you have if you're used to taking a lot of photos on your iPhone. Mm. That's about what that is. Yeah. So that's what that gives you. So uh, that works really well. And this is the camera that's actually used by the White House, Val. Okay. For a lot of their shots. 35 millimeter. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, next on the list is the 85 mil, which is my like favorite lens of all time. And the ones that I'd probably marry if I could. <laughs> the ones that I could marry, uh-huh. it'd be the 85 mil. I love it so much. So the, the 85 mil, you can get it as a, a 1.8 yeah. uh, for $400. Okay. Or uh, if you want to pay like big, big bucks, you can go get a faster aperture, a 1.2. Uh, about two thousand bucks, but that is like it's so sharp. I do a lot of my portraits on this. It's an amazing lens. And everyone, we are currently quoting approximate Australian dollars. So if... I think I'm doing yeah, yeah, Australian, US, yeah, it's approximate. So yeah, yeah. so give or take, you know, twenty uh, percent around either side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after that, uh, if you want something a wider and a good little uh, step up on the kit lens, if you kind of like the kit lens that you have, but you just want something a little bit faster, yeah, a better one, I, I, uh, just a better kit lens, mm. then then the step up from that would maybe do, I'd suggest uh, going with the Tamron seventeen to fifty mil, mm-hmm. and that's two two point eight. So you can get those at, for around uh, three hundred dollars. So, so it so might be a good, similar good kit. little lens. Yeah, similar kit lens to the one you have, except with a lower f-stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's a like a, a good third-party lens, so that 
possibly will fit most cameras, uh, good good to look into. So uh, for the for the foodies or product or jewellery and and probably like if you're starting out and you're looking to venture into to paid gigs, well I think when you're starting out, Val, you want to take everything. So um, I'm not sure that many people know this, but when I was starting out, I did a lot of food photography as well. Mm-hmm. To start out with, so uh, I had a I had a little macro lens in my kit, so you can pick one up for about five hundred dollars, and uh, like you can get uh, the hundred mil Canon, a hundred mil, hundred and five on a Nikon, or a Tamron have a ninety mil as well. So good, good, good one to have in the kit. Um, after that, you've got the twenty four to seventy, which people love. People love this lens. Mm. I don't like it. Why? I don't know. I've tried to like it, Val. Okay. I've tried so hard. It's in my kit and people go gaga, this is the best lens. Everyone needs to have this lens in their kit. Okay. I don't understand it. Um, But it's like, give it a go. You might be one of the people that like it, but like people swear by it as a good lens for weddings and events and all of that. Okay. (laughs) Sure. I... Favorite walk around lens, mm-hmm. okay. As Gary, Gary's uh, looking for his B A double L in the background and <laughs> carrying on, so you might hear a bit of um, growling. Gary um, is Gina's dog, by the way, everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, my favorite walk around is the twenty four to one hundred five. So this, if the like, this is an amazing camera, and I'd use it for about eighty percent of my uh, travel and lifestyle stuff. And it's light. Uh, it's not as fast as all the other lenses because it comes in at f4. But I think it's an absolutely beautiful lens. So a walk-around lens is something that's really light and versatile that you can just have on your camera and use uh, most days. Mm-hmm. So that's a good camera. Uh, then we move Valerie to the next one on my list, the seventy to two hundred f two point eight. Yes. Okay. So if you want to buy uh, a long lens. The price drops significantly if you go with uh, an f-stop of f4 instead of f2.8. Yeah. And f4 is still pretty good uh, in this day and age. And, and also, you don't always need to have the image stabilization that actually makes. So IS, image stabilization, is something in a Canon lens that means that you can uh, use the lens handheld and it like gives you an extra couple of stops. It, makes it, it, it steadies the lens. Mm. Uh, and makes it uh, a lot easier. So if you wanted to shoot something at one fifteenth of a second, it'll make it feel like you were shooting at a sixtieth of a second because yeah. it's got this thing that this little bubble thing. Do you want me to get into science? I shouldn't, should I? <laughs> no, but, but just it, I it's think it's got this really cool thing that 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 steadies it. Okay, but um, I think people should just bear in mind that that's true. That um, the price drops significantly if you the the higher your f stop is, but. Yeah. Um, I think that so many people these days who are looking for a lens that's like 70 to 200 are looking for to, for that depth of field and yep. they they're much more likely to achieve it with the lower f-stop. Yeah, but 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 f4 over the 2.8 it's still really really good. So okay. um if you're buying the longer lens and your budget is tight, the other the other thing I I, I would consider is buying second hand because like zooms yes. are pretty pricey yes. and you can still pick up a really good one like you know Uncle Dave who always annoys you at weddings. Mm-hmm. 
who buys the zoom lens and realizes he's never going to use it, it could have stayed in the box in his home for five years. He's used it once. He sure. drove it to a wedding once. <laughs> But you get to use it like you know, brand new, and and the price drops significantly. So so well worth having having one of those. So so check them out. And and the thing is, I've had uh, my zoom lens for ten years, and it's outlasted three cameras. Wow! Now okay? we've so they last. We've talked about so many different types of lenses, and of course, we're going to put them all in the show notes. And there are going to be some phot- newbie photographers with their kit lens who know I really love food. So your um, suggestion for the one that's ideal for food is there, or I really love landscapes, so they're going to go with a wider lens. But what if you're a newbie photographer and you have your kit lens and you think, you know, I do want to try something different, and you're not sure yet what area of specialization you know you're still trying out lots of things what where would they start what's a good suggestion for them I think the best thing to do in that case, Val, is to go out and uh, rent a, a, a lens. And maybe, like, you know, every other weekend you could try renting a different lens and then you find, like, th- there is – the lens choice that you make is going to become a part of your style. It really is. Mm-hmm. So you might start thinking that, oh, I really want to shoot long lenses like the fashion photographers do. But when you do it, it's just, like, never appeals to you for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I – dislike shooting wide mm-hmm. yet some people make a career of it mm. and, and so there is a focal everyone has a focal length that just like that suits their style so go and like you can hire lenses and have a play hire them for a day or a, a you know a weekend and they're not they're not very expensive at mm. all to rent and then you'll get an idea of what your focal length of your preferred focal length is it's a great way to test them out without having to spend the big bucks if you live in a city where you can't easily rent you know go to photography clubs and and you know hang out with other photographers and see if you can just borrow their lens for the day a yeah, great idea val that's a great idea that's an, an also a, a good and like I, I really encourage everyone to make friends with three or four other photographers because then you can actually, and I still do this now with friends, we share gear. So if you had... You still share gear. If you kind of had to go through sort of like a, a photographic journey or a lens journey in a sense, you start with your kit lens, what do you imagine would be the next lens that you would add if you could only buy one and then the next one and then the next one because no one's going to go out there and buy all of the lenses in one go. No, no, no. All right, so That's a natural progression. Out, so I've got my kit lens. Oh, I think the next lens that I would buy is I would have my 50mm lens and the kit lens to supplement. So, so you, then you've got everything covered and I would work between those two lenses. So 50mm okay. and, and kit lens. Okay. And 50 mil so we can take photos of ourselves and see what we really look like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great street lens and good all-rounder and then you've got the, the kit lens to supplement it as well. Okay. After that, I personally would add uh, the 24 to 105 into the repertoire as well. Uh, so, which That's is your a good, good walk-around lens. So that would be my walk-around and that would then replace uh, the kit lens yep. after that as well. Yep. So you've still got the kit lens, but the walk around 25 to 105. And I would use that because you've got the 105 now, great portrait length, yep. perfect focal length to take good portraits. Okay, great. After that, 
I'd get the big boy in. The 70 to 200 would be my next purchase, all right? And uh, the, the, the favourite lens, that would be the next choice. And then after that, if you still got some uh, cash to spare, I'd, uh, I'd get the 85 as a, as a good, uh, uh, a beautiful little portrait lens. Right. And then if you wanted to, after that, the 100mm uh, macro or some kind of macro lens. Having said that, Val, the 24 to 105 mm. actually does uh, shoot fairly close and could also double. It's not quite macro macro, but it does focus very close. So that's why I love it because for events and things like that, I can use it to photo get detailed shots mm. of flowers and things like that. It's not it's not great for trying to get a detailed shot of the rings and things like that, but it's it's pretty good as a start. Very versatile. Okay, wow. So I think that's um that's a great summary of uh, a, a way to approach your different lenses, particularly if you haven't gone into this area yet where you're thinking, what lens should I buy next? I think that's a good approach. And we'll put all of those um, notes, uh, all of those, uh, all of that advice in the show notes. And my maths, Val. You can and put your maths, maths yes. We'll put your table in the like, show notes know. and your diagrams <laughs> in the show notes as well. And my little diagram because i got my crayons out and I, I did colour, <laughs> Val. Yes. Well <laughs> done, proud. Proud. No, I'm proud of them. And the most proud of like I did the math. Okay. And, and we've actually got a lot of science people who listen to the show who are probably killing themselves laughing <laughs> at this point. Well, we're still wondering whether you prefer wide or long, but maybe that will um, remain a mystery until You'd never answered either, next Val. podcast. What's your preference? You'd well, considering like that the, le- poly- <laughs> the, 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 the last lens I bought uh, was a Sigma – and it was the big boy, 70 to 200. So <laughs> that right, should so give you, you a clue. Like, all right. So you like length. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, that brings us to the end of the podcast. If you would like um, Gina to critique one of your photos, please send it to us, news at ginamilitia.com. Uh, also, feel free to give us some feedback on social media or just say hello on social media. Gina, where are you on social media? I'm at Gina Militia on Instagram, at Gina Militia on Twitter, and you also see me hanging out a lot in Google+. So you want to be a photographer, please join us. It's a lot of fun and people are making friends in there and it's just a, a great place to, to, to come and hang out as well. And you'll find me at Valerie Koo on all areas of social media. And now we need to talk about our hashtag Gina challenge. Every week we have a uh, theme or a topic and we (laughs) all take photos around this particular theme or topic and we uh, hashtag them, hashtag Gina challenge. So put it either on Instagram or in the Google plus community called, so you want to be a photographer. What should our hashtag Gina challenge be for this week? Wide or long. Okay, wide or long. Wonderful. That's the theme for this week. Interpret it however you like. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see the shots. So um, thank you so much for joining us this week and we look forward to chatting to you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.